Hey, it's James. We're trying to learn more about you, dear listener of this show. So if you have 30 seconds, either while you're brushing your teeth or waiting for the train, would you mind filling out a survey for me? All you got to do is visit theoutline.com slash dispatch survey. Again, that's theoutline.com slash dispatch survey. That's all one word. Thanks and enjoy the show. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a new story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. I'm your host, James T. Green, and this is The Dispatch. Power. President Trump is looking for a new replacement on the Supreme Court. Basically, Justice Anthony Kennedy is retiring. Power intern, Michael Waters. that Anthony Kennedy, the Supreme Court Justice, has decided to retire. This will be a major opportunity for President Trump uh, to appoint a new justice to the Supreme Court. But President Trump's decision is looking to perpetuate the Supreme Court's irrelevance on criminal justice cases. A study last month from Northwestern law professor Tonya Jacoby and Minnesota Court of Appeals law clerk Ross Berlin argues that since the 1970s, the court has sidestepped profound criminal justice issues like stop and frisk, mass incarceration sentencing, unfair plea deals, and police shootings. Criminal justice is one of many issues that liberals in the Supreme Court have ignored. The reason is because, according to a UCLA law professor, John D. Michaels, is that they were pandering to swing vote Anthony Kennedy through the decades that Kennedy was on the court. And in his LA Times op-ed on this issue, Michaels claimed the following, quote, For years, progressive justices have talked to the center, principally to win over Kennedy. In the process, they've often abandoned left liberal constitutional theories. It's uncertain how the new justice will view policing and sentencing cases, but the study's lead author, Tonya Jacoby, told The Outline that although Kennedy's replacement could appear to be a little more moderate on these issues than Kennedy, She doesn't expect it to be a significant turn toward broader criminal procedure rights generally. The problem isn't that the Supreme Court is ignoring criminal justice issues, but that it addresses them in limited ways that don't align with how most people experience the criminal justice system. Most of the Supreme Court's focus has been on criminal trials, even though only about 1% of criminal justice cases actually end in a trial. By the way, the Supreme Court hasn't weighed in on harsh sentences, especially for minor drug crimes, that led to the imprisonment of 2.3 million Americans. Almost all of the court's sentencing cases have revolved around the death penalty. And while that's an incredibly important issue, it's one that directly impacts only about 20 to 50 people each year. And it has no measurable effect on the United States mass incarceration problem. In his LA Times op-ed, Michael offers a solution to the Supreme Court's problems with criminal justice. Fiery progressive opinions that trailblaze a new path for future liberals on the court. Last year, Associate Justice Sonia Sotomayor made headlines when she wrote a dissent criticizing the court's silence on criminal justice issues, arguing that its failure to take on the case of Ricardo Salazar Limon who was shot by a police officer, quote, continues a disturbing trend regarding the use of this court's resources. Jacoby told the outline that, as the court becomes even more conservative, we could see more dissents like this. Quote, the liberals might wake up to the fact that bickering over doctrine that skirts the big issues is ceding too much ground 
and they may then start joining Justice Sotomayor and calling out the role that the court plays and enabling a lot of racially divisive doctrine to continue. So, Michael, you talked to uh, Jacoby over email. How was that? Um, it was good. Uh, we, I was like trying to follow up with her study, um, which came out last month, and I was trying to contextualize it with this current moment in the Supreme Court and to figure out, you know, she's talking about how the Supreme Court has ignored a lot of these issues and whether she thinks that'll actually change with the new justice. Um, and it, I mean, it seems like her take on it is that it's possible, but it may not change in exactly the way one would want. It's mm-hmm. not like the Supreme Court is going to rule more broadly, at least most likely, on criminal justice issues um, during this new session of the court. But perhaps more liberals will join Sonia Sotomayor in talking about these issues more generally and pointing out where the court is putting their resources and where they're not. Hmm. So you mentioned that the Supreme Court sidestep things like stop and frisk and mass incarceration, but can you go into a little bit more detail about what you meant by sidestepping? Yeah, so it's not as if the Supreme Court hasn't ruled at all on these issues. Like we were kind of talking about, it's it's instead that the court is focusing on, for instance, to take stop and frisk, is focusing on cases of stop and frisk that have actually resulted in a criminal trial Mm-hmm. which is a very small portion of stop and frisk. And so they've had these ongoing debates for decades about whether, you know, like a search on someone without a warrant, if you obtain evidence for a crime, the Supreme Court has debated whether that evidence can actually be admissible in court, mm-hmm. which is a significant issue, but it is it only applies to the vanishingly small amount of stop and frisk cases. Um, and so like on the larger issue of stop and frisk and whether... It's okay for police officers to um, stop predominantly black and brown communities. Um, the Supreme Court has ignored that issue because they haven't ruled on the larger stop and frisk. They've only ruled on the specific issue of evidence admissibility in court. Hmm. Why do you think they're doing that? So I, I think part of the reason why um, a lot of liberal justices have chosen to track to the center in this way is because, I mean, if they're only talking about slim issues like evidence admissibility, I think they felt that they were more likely to get something out of it. They were more likely to get Anthony Kennedy on their side, for instance. Um, Because then if you were to talk about these larger issues of police targeting communities of color with stop and frisk, I I think their fear was um, that then, like, no one is going to side with them Hmm. and then nothing is going to change. But I think as we've seen and as the study shows, that really just isn't enough. I mean, these issues are still ongoing because tracking to the center in this way and ruling on such slim and kind of irrelevant issues on criminal justice is not fixing any of these larger problems in the criminal justice system. Hmm. So, you know, as the Supreme Court is, you know, more than likely going to become more and more conservative, like, do you have hopes that things are going to change? Like, is there anything that we as just citizens can, like, do to push the needle? I, I'm i not sure what we as citizens can do, and I guess this is the perpetual problem with thinking about the Supreme Court beyond, I mean, voting is important. Um, but I do think that 
raising awareness more of these issues and more of how the Supreme Court has sidestepped these issues is important. And I do think that hopefully that that will mean um, more justices will continue to be vocal the way Sonia Sotomayor was. And even though the liberals in the court are in power currently, um, if they're to make more just like more fiery dissents, if they're to talk about these larger issues that they've been avoiding. I mean, I personally have hope that that might mean, you know, like a future court that has more moderates or more liberals would take up the mantle of these issues and actually try to change something. That was Power Intern, Michael Waters. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Today, you heard from Michael Waters. To read his full story, including links to the study he mentioned, head to theoutline.com. The Outline World Dispatch is produced and edited by me, James D. Green. Our music is courtesy of APM, and our theme is by the fantastic John Lagomarsino. I'm James D. Green. Remember to vote. Catch you tomorrow. all the way to the end, so you must be a big fan. Since you're here, do you mind taking a little survey for me? That way we can learn a little bit more about you. It'll only take 30 seconds of your time. It's super easy. Promise. All you have to do is go to theoutline.com slash dispatch survey. Again, that's theoutline.com slash dispatch survey. All one word. Thanks.